everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by my friend, my co-host, Alex. In today's episode, we're coming to you later, <laughs> late at after the uh, New York Giants versus New England Patriots week one of preseason recap matchup. Um, if you want the immediate recap i mean you could still get that on our the giant take youtube channel um but we're gonna be doing some in-depth points about that we're gonna be going through that and the reason we didn't come out with a recap after well first of all it was late working weekend all of the above but we're here now and we, we decided to do this after also the final day of open training camp practice so we can kind of tie both in together and place those two things in the same episode but don't worry, you'll still get that full in-depth preseason recap along with the notes that we have from the final day of open training camp. This kind of sucks, I said on the YouTube channel, but we've been doing daily uploads for each of the open training camps from all the news we've been getting. And I didn't say that would fully stop, um, but I did say it probably would because we won't get as many inf- as much information in each practice from these beat reporters. Um, although we still will be making daily content on the YouTube channel, it might not be as frequent with the news that we get, but it all depends on how the beat reporters treat us and social media and uh, what they're able to, to give us from there and in their articles and such. Anyway, doesn't matter right now. Let's focus on this episode. I'm Josh again. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Um, it's a it's a fine Monday morning, uh, nice and early, bright and early. I've got energy. I'm ready to go. Um, and, and it's usual, you know, it's funny, the last two episodes now, uh, we've done in the morning rather than the evening or afternoonish time, late afternoonish time. So, you know, let us know, do you prefer this? You know, I would say I don't prefer this, but you know, it just happens this way sometimes. And, um, yeah, I feel like I have a little bit more energy in a certain way, but less energy in another way, if that makes any sense. But preseason, certainly exciting enough about myself. Um, preseason was certainly exciting. Uh, game one, obviously, against the Patriots, and we got the W. And I think that's all that matters in preseason, right? Just like the regular season, the W is all that matters. Josh, is that true? Is that not true? I don't know. I would say the W is probably the thing that matters the least out of everything. <laughs> I mean, see, I don't think I don't think that's true though. I think the winning culture starts in preseason. You got to start winning. You just got to win. I mean, if you want to link it to the Giants being extremely unsuccessful in the past several years when it comes to the preseason, then I guess because bad preseasons have also equaled bad regular seasons. If you want to look at it that way, I guess you can do so. But I mean, I don't know. Pull up the stats, Alex. How did the Rams do in the preseason last year? How did the Bengals do in it last year? They're obviously the Super Bowl uh, contenders last season. If they went 3-0 and or 4-0 and in the preseason last year, then, I, okay, I guess your logic makes sense. But if they were really bad as well, then, I don't know, then it doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> um, I guess you could say that. But we want to start off by – I want to start off with some lighter news and just mention that last night I was scrolling through Twitter and found out that Leonard Williams was actually voted in at number 97 on the NFL's top 100 list. Will Leonard Williams be the only New York Giant on that list? Alex? Will he? Do you think? You think that? I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone else. Yes, I would guess that Leonard Williams would be the maybe Xavier McKinney, maybe Xavier McKinney, but I don't think so. I'd say Leonard Williams, 
That's it. Because they went through like 100 through, I believe, 61 last night. Yeah. Well, could Daniel, I'm not Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley be on? No, I, I'm going to say no because the NFL players voted this. And unless like Saquon is like really beloved, I don't think they would put him below. If anything, he would be in like the high 80s or something like that. But again, like I said, they went through like the 60s already. They, they went all the way down there. So if no other Giants were on that list by then, there's no way I think that they make it into like the top 50. I honestly think Leonard Williams a bit dis- disrespected at 97. I think he should be top 80, like maybe 70s. Mm. I-, I think, like, I was looking at some of the players that were ahead of him, like, uh, oh, who was the guy? The tackle from the uh, Commanders was ahead of him. Oh, my God, I forgot his name. I think it's uh, Payne, I want to say. Whatever. Um, and I, What? I was just saying, whatever, just keep going and I can find it for you. I know, but it bugs me sometimes. I just like need to remember things and I can't because I have a terrible memory. But um, yeah, I think there were certain players ahead of him in the list that I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd rather have Leonard Williams there. So I think 70s, maybe 80s, 97, I almost felt was a little bit disrespectful um, to to Leonard Williams. Um, but I would agree. I think he's going to be the only Giants player. I, I don't see a way that any other Giants players on it, to be honest. I think Saquon deserves to be on it, but I don't think he will be on it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I don't think Saquon will be on it. And you were thinking of Jonathan Allen, maybe? No? Yes, but they also... Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Allen. Yeah. Okay. They Well, they also had a few guys. I mean, everyone... Not everyone, but I saw people also complaining about how low Russell Wilson is after a very poor season, according to his standards. He was 61 on the list. And I think I think people have the right to complain about that a little bit because if you look at his stat line for last year, it was not good. So, I mean, that's something to note. Cause well, you're is, saying he should be higher or lower? Well, what do we classify by lower meaning like 50? Like higher as in lower and lower as in higher. Like lower as he should be in the hundreds or higher as he should be no, in the top No, I think 20. it's supposed to be the other way. No, I, I, it's always that way. You're higher on the list. Like, you're higher on the list. You're higher. Whatever. No, I think he should be probably in the 80s or 90s. I mean, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson, but the thing is, this is the 2022 list of the top 100 players. And after a bad season, I don't Russell think Wilson had no offensive line. He had no anything. DK Metcalf was dancing half the time. You know, Tyler Lockett uh, had injury issues. Right, why so are we Metcalf. talking about the Seattle Seahawks right now? I'm just saying, like, I'm just defending the fact that I think Russell Wilson should be higher. As you know, I'm a Russell Wilson stan, so uh, you got to do it. Well, all I'm going to say before we move on is Broncos country. Let's ride. All right. And going on from that, our three players that we said we were looking forward to seeing in action against the Pats. I want to start with that now. And Alex, I'll go through your three first. It was Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Aaron Robinson. And then my three were Daniel Jones, Wandale Robinson, and Darnay Holmes. So I well, guess it's what I will say is my three players were actually like seen and they did stuff that was either very good or very bad. Whereas I think your players just kind of did nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And that's what I put into the outline is that really like you didn't hear anything about Wandale Robinson. Did Wandale play? Wandale played, right? Yeah, he did. He just like didn't get didn't any receptions. Anything. And then Darnay Holmes also played, and really you didn't hear his name, which could also be a good thing because that means he could have shut down his guys. Well, I also believe he only played one, uh, uh what do you call it? One, one, oh set. my God. 
Oh my god, I know. No, not set. Drive. One he only played in one drive. drive. Um, because I believe Cordell Flott came in to play slot immediately is, after. Before decision. he got injured and then they right. brought some other person in. Great decision now looking back at it, right? <laughs> hey. Hindsight's well, oh my god, I can't just move on from me. I can't speak now. But um I, I this is gonna be a big key part of this episode is that the New York Giants and their injuries troubles right now is insane. Uh, and more of the more of the usual that happened last season happens today in preseason or today in preseason uh, in the preseason game on Thursday injuries and even more happening on the most recent day of training camp on Sunday. It's scary stuff. There is very thin positions and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. I just hope that they sign a lot of people on waivers with how high their positioning is. But I guess let's go into some more in-depth topics from this preseason game one against the Patriots. So players who stood out, right? Let's go to that. Quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. Um, I put that he was such a comfortable quarterback in and out of the pocket, confident backed up who looked better than Jones in the game. I don't know if Alex debate this, de- debates this, I, I, I've seen people on Twitter. I had a little Twitter chat with someone. In this game, in my opinion, and everyone's entitled to their own, right? Free country, free freedom of speech, right? In my opinion, Daniel Jones did not look good. He was overthrowing guys. He was underthrowing guys. He was not hitting the target. He, would, he did not look good. Go through his highlights of the game. It, he did not look good. Tyrod Taylor. Yes, he had some bad passes. I understand that. But if you look at just him in the position, playing the hardest position in sports, quarterback, the way he moves, the way he flows, the way he throws. Oh, I didn't mean for that to rhyme. But the way he does all of those things, just like his dynamic, I guess you could say, as a quarterback, is just so clean. The throws that he, it's like so smooth. It's kind of like, I don't know if anyone's a baseball fan, and this probably is not going to make any sense, but Giancarlo Stanton, he's a player for the Yankees. Whatever you think about Giancarlo Stanton, it doesn't matter for what I'm trying to reference here. When he swings and hits a really deep home run, his home runs are so clean. The drive through the ball is beautiful, and the pop that it makes off the bat is just so nice. And comparing that to Tyrod Taylor, it's basically the same thing, just a different sport. The way he throws the ball, all the passes, most of the passes were basically on point. And he runs beautifully out of the pocket to find an open receiver. Alex, I know I'm kind of like not. Oh my Lord, Tyrod Taylor fan club? What the hell is this? I know I'm just talked two minutes about Tyrod Taylor and how smooth and clean he is. All right. I, I know I'm. Not going to say the word sucking uh, on Tyrod Taylor yep. right now. I'm blank. Blank. Beep. Sucking on Tyrod Taylor right now. I get that. But it just annoys me how people are giving Jones so much credit. The guy sucks right now. He sucks in practice. He sucks out of practice. And I think Tyrod Taylor should start week one. And I'm going to shut up now. You think, okay, I disagree. You put Daniel Jones out there, see what the hell he can do. This season, we know we're not going to be good. It like it doesn't matter. Let's see what Daniel Jones can do. Put him out there. If he sucks after three games, then whip him out, sure. But I don't think Daniel Jones looks that bad. Like 
He's looked not great, I would agree with you, but I don't think he's looked bad enough that he should lose his starting job based on training camp and a couple of preseason games. Uh, I think, I mean, he's the decision maker, right? Tyrod Taylor's 31 years old. He's not your future QB of the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, if he drastically improves, could be the future QB of the New York Giants. And and then you look, he's in his contract year. Are you going to renew him? Are you not? You know, he has the physical tools. I think you gotta you gotta try him out and see what Dable can do with him in the first few games uh, before you start Tyrod Taylor at, at QB. I I completely disagree with you uh, in that aspect. Uh, I guess we'll move on to the wide receivers now. Colin Johnson looked kind of like a mini Galladay. Um, we'll talk about Kenny Galladay later. I don't want to get angry quite yet. Um, he had overall sure hands besides the fumble, um, which you know I think some people are making a bigger deal of. Uh, than others and um, you know obviously needs to work on ball security but the most important thing actually getting the ball in his hands uh, he did pretty well Um, I'd say probably securing the football and actually keeping possession is probably more important but um, you know one of the most important things he did extremely well and he got targeted a ton in this game by both Jones and Taylor certainly seems like a, a favorite of the wide of the quarterbacks I have a question. When you mean Mini Galladay, is that supposed to be like a joke, or like you're saying like he's but like I I don't get the re- I don't get that. He's like a mini. Well, he's not mini. He's the same size as Galladay, and but he's I, he's like what Galladay was supposed to be. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So don't ever use Kenny Galladay in a reference like that again, because the guy again. This is another player. I'm gonna be really doom and gloom this episode. Just going on to the next wide receiver who we have on this list. Oh, it's not Richie James, but um, we have Richie James next. I want to talk about Galladay because the guy, another player, not a practice that really just has not been performing to the level we've been paying him. I think we realized that last year that we already made the mistake with paying him seven. Well, I think we realized, Alex and I at least realized the minute we signed that contract, $72 million was way too much. But then we... um, secured that i don't know certified we you know what i would say about that though looking back on it now with the deals that wide receivers right now are defend this contract all that you look back at it now do not defend this contract like if we were getting the kenny galladay that was in detroit not this weirdo version of not trying at all kenny galladay and dropping the ball constantly kenny galladay and getting absolutely zero separation kenny galladay i think we it's worth the money if he was at that still at that level so i think if they truly believed he was going to be at that level i don't think it was as bad as i thought it was originally uh, i like i'm willing to go back and say that now the deal isn't as much what's bad the deal is bad for what he is now. The deal wasn't bad for what we thought he was. All right, just going to James. You're you're done with my you're done with my uh rant there about that. It's- All right, Richie James. He had a deflected uh catch alongside with a very smooth route for a touchdown. Overall, a uh, very good player, Richie James. He's been uh really uh doing well in training camp as well. Looks like he's going to make the roster. Um and and moving to the running backs now. Gary Brightwell was probably the surprise of the day for me. Uh, he had great power, drive, burst. He had good production in the power uh, passing game. Overall, to me, he looked like probably the best running back all around um, out of the three that we saw. Um, 
on what was it Thursday now Thursday night. I thought he was great. I th- I I was shocked, like completely shocked. I almost fainted when I saw him run for 15 yards. Right, and the I mean one of the reasons because of that was with Joe Judge you didn't see Brightwell really at all in the depth chart as a running back. It was special teams and that's it. So actually seeing him playing his true position from what he played in college, it was nice. It was nice to see him actually run the ball like he should do as a running back in the NFL. A guy I was impressed with as well, Antonio Williams, who Alex, I mean, we're going to disagree, I guess, all episode here because I thought Williams looked more impressive than Gary Brightwell did. Obviously, Antonio Williams getting brought over from the Buffalo Bills um, with Brian Dable as our new head coach here. That that was, you know, one of the reasons of signing him as we've been nicknamed the New York Bills by many. Um, so he was one of those that we brought along from Buffalo. And yeah, I, I thought he looked extremely impressive out there. Although I, I do believe Brightwell is leading ahead of him to make the roster if they were going to decide between cutting one of those two guys. I personally liked Williams in that spot on Thursday over Brightwell. And then the final one of the three, the undrafted free agent signing, Deshaun Corbin also got a chance to play with the team. We didn't really see much because I believe he was playing with a third team throughout training camp, at least when we went. And I assume it's more of the same, but uh, he had some nice bursts out there. Good production in the passing game. He was used more as a passing back than a rushing running back, you know, uh, but <laughs> that that's going to do it for the running backs. I mean, we did see Saquon Barkley out there too for a little bit, but like, yeah, whatever. Much. I, I would and say all Sandro, three. Sandro, 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 Sandro had a nice run. Respect to Sandro for the nice run. Game the winning end. run right there. Game winning run into field goal position for the Graham Gano, Graham G- Goat No uh, field goal. And I thought all three running backs actually looked pretty good. Um, I, I wouldn't say there was a huge difference or disparity between them. I think Antonio Williams was like the best in terms of being a power back. Deshaun Corbin. Uh, I thought was the best in the passing game. And then I felt like Gary Brightwell was kind of like more all round and also did special teams pretty well. As, so that, that's just kind of how I saw it. But I, I'd be happy with any of them, to be honest, on the roster. Linebackers, Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers had a day. Uh, Micah McFadden was great uh, when called into blitz. He also had an impressive special teams play. Darian Beavers was probably the player of the night, had good anticipation throughout, made a number of important tackles, just reading the game so well. Uh, and I think he is pushing uh, above McFadden, maybe even above Tay Crowder to get that uh, you know interior linebacker two spot next to Blake Martinez. I think Tay Crowder still edges him out just for the experience he has. But uh, Darian Beaver is certainly looking good. And the... Uh, I'm not going to make a joke, so just continue, Josh. I, I was going to make some joke. Do not make another beaver joke. It's enough. Thank you. I yeah, I'm done that. with that. Please. Um, and we go on to the guy now who's been, I guess, the most slept on, the most disrespected by the New York Giants so far in training camp, and that has been Quincy Roche. The guy has been running with the, the threes, the third team in training camp practices, and dominating there, as he should, because he's better than a third team player. So he showed it off again on Thursday night. He set the edge well and was also beating his man constantly, sort of like Kayvon Thibodeau was. I don't think we talked about Kayvon yet. 
Tavon, when it comes to, you didn't have that written down, or maybe it's in your notes later, which. Well, really, the players I wrote down here, we wrote down here, were more of like the players who stood out positively or stood out negatively. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of how I looked at it. Well, we're going to do Kay- notes later, too. And and yeah. Kayvon's in there, so maybe wait, wait on Kayvon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd go to like a few of the players that disappointed, uh, kind of Evan Neal, you know, he was, he wasn't awful. He just didn't look great. Um, which is not surprising, but I know for people's high expectations, he was disappointing. So I put him here. He looked a little slow out of his stance and did get beaten uh, a couple times in his pass, uh, protection set. Kenny Galladay just looked awful. Um, and his effort in the red zone on that drop was just just not good enough at all. Um, but yeah, I, I can't talk about Kenny Galladay anymore. It's just too infuriating. He doesn't stretch, then why even play? It's kind of like, you know, the the sayings, Alex, with practice. It's like if you're going to if you don't even practice and you just want to play in the game, then why even play in the game if you're not going to be good because you don't practice? That's kind of what I want to talk about when it comes to Kenny Galladay. He is not doing the basics. He's not stretching with the team. He's just standing there. He's not even practicing and doing reps with the team because he just doesn't care, it seems like. I don't know what's up with Galladay. I don't know if the money is too much getting to his, you know, getting to his head, how much he's he's calculating, how much he's getting paid per hour, per minute, per second. But um standing there doing nothing or putting minimal effort into a preseason game, which is supposed to help you, it's sort of like practice. A preseason game is like practice getting ready for the regular season. If you're not gonna use that time to help you ramp up and do good then why even play in the regular season if you're just going to suck? <laughs> if you're just not going to put effort out on the field. So that that's really all I have to say for Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, Aaron Robinson was probably the worst player of the night. He got beat all night long. Bill Belichick was targeting him. He was just awful. Uh, you know, he's obviously a slot corner playing on the outside. I get there's adjustment. I'm not like you know, sending him, feeding him to the wolves just yet. Like a whole bunch of Giants fans are, oh my God. But you know, it's like kind of, it's, it's definitely concerning, but I think you, you got to keep giving him the start. We don't have many other options. Um, and hopefully he just improves a little bit. Got that taunting call as well, uh, which certainly didn't help him. That was a bad call though. Yeah. I I don't know, but it definitely just kind of didn't, it hurt his momentum. Sure. uh, Certainly. Uh, after that, uh, I guess incompletion and hurt the momentum of his of his play. I guess, and but, Josh had this down. I actually kind of disagree. Josh said Davis Webb was a little bit disappointing. He he said sort of what I expected from a third string QB. That's what he told me. But it's kind of like I thought he was actually better. Maybe it's just like what we predicted, what we thought in our heads. He, I thought he was better than what I thought he would be, if that makes any sense. Like, he led a game-winning drive. Maybe they ran half the time, but he was still the quarterback. So, I don't know. I And not just because of that, I thought some of his passes were actually pretty solid. Yeah, he had some that were just crazy far away from the receiver. But overall, I actually thought he was somewhat positive, kind of. Rank, I don't know. If you're ranking the three quarterbacks on performance from Thursday night, one through three, go. Give me it. All right, Josh, that's not fair. Give it's, me it's it. about it's I'm about just expect- asking your three. Because I also about- want to know how you're putting Jones and Tyrod. It's about expectations. I don't oh my god. It's versus simple, performance. It's, it's a simple list. One through three. 
One through three? One through three. One being the best, three being the worst. One through three. Oh, just this game. Yes. Preseason. That's what I'm okay. saying. Rank out of this I game. I think that's stupid, but uh, Tyrod, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb. Okay. Thank you. That's it. But you, I'm saying that doesn't I prove I need all point. the back talk. I didn't need all the back talk. Thank you. I'm, I'm oh, like, I'm okay. not. Jeez, man. I don't think that proves your point, but it's, whatever. I'm not, there's no point. I was just asking a question. I was not, not going right. to go further well, on you that. Had, you had an agenda with the question, I feel. No, I didn't. There was an agenda. I think there was an agenda. I mean, besides the fact that you did rank Tyrod Taylor better than Daniel Jones. But anyway, going to the cornerback depth, uh, because I do want to mention that. We're going to need Aaron Robinson, first of all, healthy and playing the best to his ability, of his ability. I, I don't know how to phrase that. But the best to his ability? Is that the right? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Because looking at the depth, Alex, if you remember Zion Gilbert and I think it was Darren Evans, were the guys behind them playing later in the game in the second half? And boy, did they also get burnt. So we're going to need Rodarius Williams back as quick as possible. And it's crazy to say it, but Ro Ro Williams, uh, his nickname is... We need him. I think that's only what I call him. Is that actually his nickname? Oh, really? I feel like it, it is his nickname. Is his nickname? Because I just started calling him that. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we need Williams <laughs> ASAP. He's our backup option. And funny, like crazy enough to say it. Yeah, Rodarius Williams, whatever. It's not whatever. He is our backup option when an outside corner gets injured. And yes, it's scary to say, but we knew this depth is short from the get-go this season. And if we're going to have to put guys like Zion Gilbert or Darren Evans, it's going to be an even longer season than we expect. So that's a little scary. Robinson, like Alex said, it sucks. Um, We hope that he cleans it up, and he's going to have to because he's our starting outside uh, cornerback. Um. Yeah, I mean, that that's really what I have to say there. And, and going to our notes, the first one is about Daniel Jones and how he led the first team offense. And then Kenny Galladay ends the drive with the dropped red zone pass. Both pass and run blocking improved, even with different personnel. Now we could talk about Kayvon Thibodeau because I do want to mention him. Obviously, our first round pick in this year's NFL draft, one of the two. Um, the solid first showing for him, setting the edge well in particular yeah, that first drive, I want to say like every other, if not every single play, he was beating his man. He was doing whatever moves he did and getting past them. There was a run play as well that even though the, the ball was away from him, he still beat his man and he still ran over to try and help make the tackle with his teammates. And it was a good first drive for Thibodeau. Alex, I know you got into some Twitter beef there on the Giant Take account with a person who was just did not want to claim that he was good on the first drive. I agree with you because I think you responded like, I don't know what game you're watching. I don't know what game that person was watching because Thibodeau was good on that drive. There's no doubt about it. And I like, it's re- it is kind of infuriating when you have people like that. Cause it's just, then they, then they like, you kept on responding. And there was like, at the, after the second response, I think I texted you. I was like, Oh, what are you going to respond? And you were like, at this point, the guy is just a lunatic. Like, I don't even, there's nothing to respond. It's just, if they can't accept the fact by then, after you literally listed out three bullet points of what he was doing well, then that's just like that. That's their loss at that point. Hey, eventually, sometimes people disagree and you have to live with that. You know, <laughs> sometimes it just happens that way. I get it. But do you want to talk about Thibodeau at all or you're good? I mean, I'll talk about him real quick. I thought he set the edge really well, which is something that I don't think people 
look at, hence why I think part of the uh, Twitter beef got started. Um, and then also he was beating his man pretty much consistently. Um, and he even forced a uh, false start, which I think was uh, good to see. For he, f- Oh my God. He forced his first false start uh, of his career, which I thought was pretty fun to see. And he definitely looked uh, energetic and exciting off the edge. So I was excited about him. Aaron Robinson, like we mentioned before, he was just targeted by Belichick over and over again, got called for taunting, probably not taunting, definitely not taunting. Uh, He just kind of did the incomplete uh, with the arm wave and uh, he was burnt in coverage like 50,000 times. So uh, it was definitely a poor showing. To be fair, the guy he was covering did did run a 4-2-7 at the combine. So it does make a little bit of sense that he was getting burnt. Because uh, Robinson's not the quickest corner either, um, but certainly concerning, uh, considering that guy's a third string anyway. Trenton Thompson, uh, the safety, had a nice sack off the edge. Brian Dable pulled a Joe Judge on fourth down. He ran the clock all the way down, like pretended like he was going for, and then ran the punt team on, like all time favorite play. Um, and Joe Judge, I they should have panned over to him. When he did that, it would have been the funniest thing ever. I guarantee you he was smiling. There's no way he wasn't smiling. Uh, it was it was like a beautiful moment, you know? It was just beautiful. It's kind of like passing it down from generation to generation, except it's passing it down from coach to coach, from former coach to current coach. Uh, when they did do the pans, or when I saw Joe Judge on the sideline, by the way, I had to crack a chuckle. It was so funny. I mean, yeah, it's just like a, it's a classic now. He was wearing the, I think it was like pants and... Yeah. The New England hey, jokes on us. We're still paying him $5 million a year for the next three years. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, 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 jokes on John Mara, actually, because he's paying him. <laughs> true. Jokes on John Mara, because now Dave Gettleman's in, uh, you know, a foreign country, probably just on vacation. Right? He's, tur- he's in Turks and Caicos laying on the beach. <laughs> Cordell Flott um, got a couple of snaps on the outside as well. Made a couple good plays, too. Uh, the rookie did, and we had talked about Davis Webb already. Cordell Flott on the outside agenda began with me. I saw people I saw people on Twitter say, oh, maybe this guy can play on the outside. Oh, that's what I've been telling people for months. If, if that becomes like a thing, I deserve all the credit. I heard no one else saying that. <laughs> um, all right, so we talked about Davis Webb already. That, that he let a drive down the field um, in the third quarter for an Antonio Williams touchdown. He also led the game-winning drive with the Gano field goal. We already touched on this stuff. We didn't touch on linebacker Austin Calitro. He had a bat in the air, caught the bat, caught the the hit, whatever you call it, and then, you know, he intercepted it. But then everyone's like, oh, let's go Austin Calitro, whatever. Literally, like, besides that tip pick, he was so bad the rest of the night. He was missing tackles left and right. (laughs) Don't don't put Austin Calitro in your heads to make the roster just because of that one play. It's very unlikely. It was a it was a very nice play. I'm not gonna lie. It's a very nice play. But besides that, he had a very poor night. I just thought it was funny because it was like, ooh, after all of that, he just was not doing it. Um, besides that. Yeah, it was certainly it was funny. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I guess I just don't have the base offense here, but I did get Art Sableton's tweet of what the base defense first looked like in the Giants or for the Giants on the first drive. There we go. Um, it was Dexter Lawrence, Jalen Holmes, TJ Davidson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jahad Ward, Darian Beavers, Tay Crowder, Tay Crawford. See, you see, I even do the Boston accent like Gettleman. I just see Tay Crowder and I already think about it. 
Dory Jackson, Aaron Robinson, Xavier McKinney, and Julian Love um, for the Giants. Injury. That is with no Leonard Williams, by the way, just to keep that into account. There's no Leonard Williams because he was injured. Yeah, and we're going to get to that now. So injury time. So exciting. Got to love it. Obviously, heavy sarcasm there. The guys who got injured in this game, Shane Lemieux, toe injury. We'll have more on that later. Jameel Douglas with an ankle injury and Cordell Flott with a groin injury. The players who did not participate in the game. Do you want to take that over, Alex? Or you want me to just read it? You read it. You got it. Leo Williams, Leonard Williams, like Alex mentioned earlier, Kadarius Tony, Blake Martinez, Justin Ellis, Matt Breida, Andre Miller, Austin Prohl, Ricky Seals-Jones, David Sills, Dane Bellin, and Rodarius Williams. Ro-Ro Williams. Ro-Ro Williams. Now, day 11, the final day of open practice or training camp happens on Sunday morning. And we're going to get to the key notes from that, starting off with... Yes, the man is back. Linebacker Aziz Ojolari returns from his hamstring injury, participated in individual drills. I'm sure the Giants trainers will ramp him up eventually to participate in team drills. We won't know, obviously, until someone lets us know because there's no fans there. Um, But hopefully he participates in team drills. I would hope sometime this week would be great. And um, we had a few waiver uh, waves. Wait, yes, waves, cuts. Uh, defensive back Michael Jaquette got cut, as well as guard Josh Rivas and defensive back Gerard Wilson. And um, this is all... I'm devastated about Jaquette. I'm devastated. It's funny because Jaquette was actually... We were thinking about adding him to our last 53-man roster. It ended up not happening, so I guess good for us. But it's not like our roster is looking any better with like who's making it and not making it right now. We'll have to take a look back. Um, and then Brian Dable and his press conference before uh, the practice began had some injury updates saying that Kadarius Tony will quote probably not practice this week which is again just more of the same from Kadarius Tony a guy that had injury troubles last season we're hoping to see our first round pick on the field just more of not seeing him on the field and then it, Alex I don't know how the giant social media team does this how did like why they have to be smart enough to notice this what happened brian dable says he's not likely to practice this week and the giant social media team literally record a funny video with Kadarius tony like minutes after that happens you did you see that i did yeah people were freaking out why do that and then everyone's like oh Kadarius tony like in you know like why you know why is he having fun whatever he's in but it's like the giant social media team should realize, like, don't record this player that's literally, like, been, like, kind of not liked by fans because he's been injured so frequently and injury prone. So I think that was... I mean, the fans love him. They're just frustrated. Yes, that, that's what I meant. Um, Josh Azudu dealing with an injury questionable for next week's game. Linebacker Ellerson Smith and Jihad Ward plus John Feliciano left with trainers after apparent injuries. This sucks, especially for Smith, who's trying to compete for this 53-man roster spot. Um, and obviously, that's going to give some other guys the edge up, which we talked about, Alex. I think when, you know, Darian Beavers and... Um, Quincy Roche, man. Quincy yes. Roche is going to get his chance. Quincy Roche is going to get his chance. I hope so, because he's been really, like, dominating in training camp, and he should get promoted from the third team. But uh, And then Feliciano, that especially sucks because he missed like the first three or four training camps because of the heat exhaustion issues and then comes back, you know, gets better, whatever it is, and then he plays with the team and now he's injured again. Well, not again because the other 
thing wasn't an injury, but yeah, I, I'm going to let you take over. Yeah, I mean, it was just a brutal day in terms of injuries and also for the Giants offense. Daniel Jones went six for 19. He had two interceptions, one to Adore Jackson and one to Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes with the one-handed interception in the end zone. Uh, so that's certainly exciting for him. Darnay Holmes continues his good performance in camp. Excited to see what he is going to do this season. But now with those injuries, Josh, Outside linebacker and offensive line are looking super thin. Yeah, I think it's about 10 players right now that are healthy on the offensive line. And then outside linebackers is that, what is that, five? Maybe, I, I don't know the exact number with those guys. But yes, two very thin positions with all these. Um, but, but out of the one positive note, I'm going to say, the one positive out of all of these injuries... <laughs> is that the cornerback room has not really been affected besides Rodarius Williams being there. Because cornerback is probably the thinnest position before injuries even occur on this Giants depth chart, on this roster. And that hasn't really been affected. Which is uh, You know what I thing. didn't think of? What? Uh, on the edge position, now that J- uh, Jihad Ward and Ellerson Smith might be out for a little bit, guess who's going to get his chance? My guy, Tomon Fox. Tomon yeah. Fox. Yeah, he's going to step up. Let's see how he does, man. I'm a big fan of his. He played a little bit. He made a couple tackles, I want to say, in the game uh, against New England. But I'm, well, it seems like we'll see more of him on Sunday. If, uh, but let's hope, though, Alex. Don't get too excited. We're, we're, we want to hope that our, our starters are actually okay. And, you know, they're not injured. No, 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 I'm good with that. I think I just hope he makes the roster somehow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Duggan, yeah, he gave you kind of like a full list yesterday. Dan Duggan, the reporter for The Athletic. Talked about tight end Ricky Seals-Jones not being there for the 10th straight day. Offensive lineman Shane Lemieux out with the foot injury. Offensive lineman Jamil Douglas out with the ankle injury. Offensive lineman Josh Rivas was cut. Linebacker Blake Martinez was not there. Same thing with Cam Brown. Michael Jaquette cut. And Gerald Wilson cut. And the players were on the, that were on the sideline was running back Matt Breida. Wide receiver Kadarius Tony with a leg knee injury. Wide receiver Austin Pro with a leg calf injury. Tight end Andre Miller with the forearm injury. Offensive lineman Josh Azudu. Offensive lineman or defensive lineman Leonard Williams, defensive lineman Justin Ellis, cornerback Codera Flaw with a groin injury, cornerback Rodarius Williams, safety Dane Bellin with a collarbone injury. Oh, the broken collarbone. I saw something on Twitter, Alex, with Andre Miller. The Giants haven't actually put him on the IR with his broken forearm. So is that because they are hoping that they get him back in time for the start of the regular season? It's it's, it's really something interesting Maybe. with what they're going to do with these roster moves because. They cut these guys. Um, now we have to wait for the signings to see who replaces them. And still no IR spot for um, Andre Miller, which is also very interesting because I think if obviously if he gets put on the IR, that gives an open spot to someone they can sign, right? And by not putting him there, or by putting him there, I, I believe he is on IR to begin the season. But by not putting him in there, it seems like the Giants are pretty hopeful that, first of all, he makes the roster and then also comes back before the regular season begins and he can play then. Yeah, I mean, he was relatively impressive when we saw him at training camp when we were there. So, I mean, if he can get back quick enough, I'm fine with that. Yeah, so I would just say to Giants fans, just keep keep a little eye on that. You know, maybe keep checking Twitter ever so often or or wherever you get your Giants news. Maybe it's from us. Um, <laughs> just keep checking that and... Look to see if, if there's Maybe any... Maybe it's from us on Twitter. 
Have you thought about that? That that is true. Um, but keep checking the, your social medias, whatever you want to do, uh, to to keep updated with Giants news and and keep an eye on Andre Miller and see if the Giants release saying that he's going on the depth chart or not, or on the depth chart on the on the um, IR or not. But yeah, speaking of social media, Alex, I mean, you you, get, you bring up a good point. We both can't talk in this episode. You can follow us on social media. On Twitter and TikTok at the Giant Take Pod, and on Instagram and Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast, and we're actually on Twitter too. You're on Twitter at Anorian23, and I'm on Twitter at JoshOla29. So that's great. You can also subscribe to the podcast if you're listening and liking. Um, you're liking it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you want to find more places to listen, you can actually go to ShipItStudios.com/slash/GiantTake to figure that out. Would be great, and uh, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would really appreciate it. Alex, you want to do the honors of closing this one out? Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And we'll see you all next time with another Giants, probably preseason recap. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.